If I were the devil. If I were the devil. If I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness. And I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population. But I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree. The. So I'd set about however necessary to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies, and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves, until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. And what'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Good morning. Good to see you here today on the podcast. Um, Brother Paul Harvey hit the nail on the head. I hope you're doing well today. I wanted to get into the uh, First John and the assurance that we have in God, assurance of salvation, assurance of forgiveness, assurance of relationship, assurance of truth, and dive into a little bit about the VBS that we had this week. We had VBS for three days at um, Carbon Hill First Free Baptist. 
Um, and so we'll go into more detail with that here in a minute. Uh, let's first, let's pray. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for what you've done for us, what you've given us. Thank you that we're able to, to um, get into your word and study your word. Pray that we'll be able to use it in our lives, apply it, and help us to be obedient to you. You told us if we love you, we would keep your commandments. Help us to honor and glorify you. Help us to be a good example for you to others around us. Help us in the crazy of this world. Help us to keep our eyes focused on you. And we give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> All right, I want to tell you a little bit about the VBS. Uh, so at Vacation Bible School. And we haven't been there long. We've just been there for a few months now. So we started helping out with the church there. And they voted uh, me in as the associate pastor slash youth pastor. And so we're starting helping. We're starting um, getting things built up there. So the VBS, they already had plans. So we assisted with what they had already set up and had planned to do. And so the kids there, you know, they only have about, including our kids, our five, they have probably uh, eight to ten kids there on a regular service. And through VBS, they had one of the nights, I think, about 22 kids. So that was good. And you have a couple in the church, well, not a couple, a elderly lady whose grandson was able to come with her and he was able to be there for VBS and he had come to one of the deacons and was interested in salvation but he wasn't quite sure so they brought him to me and I was able to speak to him um, Sunday and lead him through the Romans road and explain scripture to him and make sure that he understood I think he's 12 years old so I was able to, to walk him through it and he understood um, he had said he gotten saved before but then once I started walking through he wasn't sure that he actually did so he decided to uh, sur surrender accept Christ as the Lord and Savior then so he did and then so I prayed with him and we were able to baptize him that Sunday Sunday evening. So we praise the Lord for that. And we're excited for that, that he was gave his heart to the Lord. And so kind of pick up with that, with the salvation. And that's why we're going to 1 John. And we're going to read, start out with 1 John chapter 3, verse 19. Well, let's back up. I did that the same thing when I taught it. I'm going to, go, I'm going to back up to uh, verse 13. It says, Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. We know that pass from death unto life, because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth, hateth his brother is a murderer, and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, 
and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth, and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart, and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments, and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. And he gave us, as he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abides in us by the spirit which he has given us. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many have false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God, he that knoweth God heareth us, he that is not of God heareth, hears us not. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So we see that. And the key verse here is uh, verse 19. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. The assurance of truth. And we'll look at that in a minute. But we see as we read this whole passage from 1 John chapter 3, verse 13, down to uh, chapter 4, verse 6, we see that um, we see a contrast of those that love God and that are, because they love Him, they follow Him, and they do what He called them to do. And then we see those that hate God. And we see that they, they carry out, the fact that they don't love God is carried out to other people around them. And it's shown in their relationship with other people. Because that's the thing, our, our compassion dwells on the foundation of a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And if we don't have that relationship, we're not going to treat other people the way that we should. And that's evidenced in our daily life. And it's evidenced in our country right now. Kamala Harris was making a speech. And she said if we do well with the climate change. And she's talking about, I forget exactly what her point was. But she said that if we... Um, cut 
down on the population, we would do good for the greenhouse gas or for the climate change if we'll cut our population down. And she said that on a mainstream, in a press or press conference, you know, on live TV, she said that. Cut her population down. So, I mean, it's out in the open. It's obvious that there's a genocide going on with the, uh, the death jabs, the clot shots, that they're deliberately killing people with remdesivir in the hospitals and the ventilators, uh, with the shots, with the, their so-called climate change. And their climate change is the cloud seeding um, where they take airplanes and spray chemicals in the air. They did that in the East Palestine when they did a train derailment and they um, busted a tank open and let it dump out and then lit it on fire. That contaminated the air. They've done it when they lit Canada, the mid-U.S., and Mexico, lit it on the woods on fire at the same time. Um, so, And we're still dealing with the smoke. I was at work yesterday, and I left about 5.45 yesterday morning, and it was foggy, but when the, you could look at the sun was just over the horizon, over the trees, and you could look at the sun as a perfect round orange ball, and you could look directly at the sun because there's so much smoke in the air that it was um, deflecting the um, the sun. I mean, I just looked right at it. The brightness of the sun was diminished because of all the smoke in the air. So they're attacking us from all different angles. Uh, so that's why we need to have the assurance of our salvation in Jesus Christ because life is short it's but life is but a vapor it appears for a little time and then vanishes away good morning I think it's Kofi if I say that right good to see you here today yep so we're gonna look at we're in first John chapter 3 right now and we're looking at the assurance of salvation and I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'll go through the Romans road here. What I did with uh, with that 12-year-old boy at church at VBS. On a Sunday, I went through the scriptures with him, was able to lead him to the Lord. Um, Sunday. So earlier, just thank the Lord for that. But here's the scriptures, the best scriptures to go to with someone that is doesn't know Christ yet because you know when you're lost you don't have the Holy Spirit leading you or guiding you through the scriptures uh, so the best thing to do is to go or what I do anyway is uh, Romans chapter 3 Romans 3.23 you have to know uh, where we stand and Romans 3.23 says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So you have to understand that God is. He's the creator. He created you. He created me. Um, and we sin. He had set a perfect garden up. He set a perfect creation up. And then his creatures sinned against him. So 
for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So, like when I'm talking to a child, uh, help him understand that disobedience of his parents or grandparents, that means he sinned. If he if there was ever a time that his parents told him to do something and he dis, he didn't do it, he disobeyed, which means he sinned. So if by disobeying his parents, he disobeyed God. So he, he, that kind of helps him understand that, that they've done wrong. So that any any of that wrong separates us from God. And, you know, this verse says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then you go to Romans 6, 23. And Romans 6, 23, which says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So you understand here, this is split in two. For the wages of sin is death, but. So that first part is, the wages of sin is death. So we know that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now we know the reward of sin, the reward of disobedience, our just payment for sin and for disobedience is death. That death is not just a, is not the physical death, it's a spiritual death. So law without Christ is an eternal death, and our payment is the lake of fire, an eternal death in hell with the devil. Now I explain that the devil um, disobeyed God because of pride and was kicked out of heaven. And God made hell for him to put him there when everything is all said and done. Now because of man's disobedience and because of his sin, because it is now in the picture, that is where we also will be put because of our sin. Except for the fact that God made a way of escape. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So Jesus Christ came born of a virgin, went to the cross, was crucified, and was buried for three days. And then on the third day, he rose again, which conquered death, conquered sin, conquered the grave, took the keys of hell, and conquered it. There was now no more any way that we would be cast into hell if we accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, because he provided that free gift. He took all of the sins of the world, on his shoulders and provided our escape for us and because there's no way that we could do it on our own John chapter 3 verse 3 says Jesus answered and said unto him verily verily or truly truly I say unto you except a man be born again he cannot see the kingdom of God. So Je Jesus was talking to Nicodemus here, who was a, a, a kind of a scribe or a, a Pharisee. And he came to Jesus by night because he was curious and he started to have questions whether he was really the son of God, but he had to come to him by night. And so he was speaking to him that he had to be born again. He was like, what, can I, can I go into my mother's womb again? 
And Jesus said, Except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Understand that we are spirit. We're not just flesh, but we are spirit. And it's us, once we leave this body, that will live eternally in the spirit. And it's going to be either eternally in a lake of fire or eternally in heaven with our Lord and Savior. And then we go to Romans 5, 8. But God commended his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So his love was shown um, before we even decided to, to, to show our love to him. Before we even accepted his sacrifice, he decided to do it for us. He already paved the way. But God commended his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And then you go back to John chapter 3, and verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Because God loves you so much, he sent his Son to die on the cross for your sins and for my sins. We disobeyed. And now see, the reason why we have to ask for forgiveness, like I said, if, if you've disobeyed your parents, you've sinned. But Adam was the first one to disobey what God told him to do. He gave Adam explicit instructions, but they were simple. It was you could... It was the best rules ever, actually. You can do whatever you want to in this garden, take care of all the plants and all the animals, and go wherever you want to go. Just don't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That was it. That was all. That was the only thing forbidden. That one tree. And yet we couldn't keep one simple rule and hello, Miss Favor. How are you doing today? And that was it. That was simple. That was all we had to do, and yet we couldn't even keep that. So let's go to Romans um, 10, 9, and 10. We're going through the Romans road for salvation right now. Romans 10, verse 9 and 10, and verse 13 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Verse 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now this, I was reading the Romans Road to a 12-year-old boy Sunday. We had VBS for the past three days, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then on Sunday, um, it was brought to my attention that he was uh, wanted to know the Lord, wanted to know Jesus. And so I was able to sit down with him, with the pastor and a, one of the deacons. Uh, one of the deacons actually brought him to me. And so we were able to walk him through the Romans Road. 
and he understood what the scripture said, and I was able to pray with him, and he gave his heart to the Lord Sunday morning. So we praise the Lord for that, and then we were able to baptize him Sunday evening, and so we're just walking through the Romans road right now. So that was the scripture that I gave him, and with that, he was able to receive Christ. He was able to understand uh, what it meant to accept Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. He understood that the wages of sin is death, and that because he disobeyed his parents or grandparents, uh, and it only takes one time that, and we're born into sin because of the flesh, because of Adam's disobedience. And so he understood that, and he ex gave his heart to the Lord. So we're in 1 John chapter 3, and we're looking at the assurance of salvation. After I had led him to the Lord and the brother Dwight asked me to preach for Sunday night. So I brought this passage up, First John, and the assurance of salvation. So we're going to look at the assurance of forgiveness, the assurance of relationship, and the assurance of truth. And we're going to go to First John chapter 1 and pick up with verse 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light and He, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He saith, I know him, and he keepeth. If he says, I know him, and he keeps not his commandments, he is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. So right there is the assurance of that salvation. And that's how we know him. is because we love him and because we walk in the light. Notice you go back up to verse 9. And that's one of the scriptures that I use in the, uh, the Romans road. When I'm leading someone to Christ is 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We know because Jesus told us we have the assurance of forgiveness. God said he loved us, so he sent his son. 
Jesus said he loved us, so he went to the cross and died for us. In scriptures, it's revealed his love for us. We know that Jesus keeps his promises, and he never breaks any promises. He has never broken any promises, so that we can trust what he says completely. We can trust what, what here in John, this epistle of John, 1 John, that when he's describing the love of God, that it is true. If we say, I mean, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, this is where the devil comes in and tries to trick you and tries to pull you down with your past sins. But if you've given them to the Lord, we know that it's, as it says in Psalms, he casts our sins as far as the east is from the west never to be remembered again. So if your sins are ever brought up, you know that it's the devil trying to trip you up. And he's trying to neutralize your power in Christ. So don't let him do that. He's trying to uh, slow you down, let your guilt of past sins weigh you down, drag you down, and um, prevent you from serving the Lord in the present. You don't want that to happen, so don't let him do it. Let's go to the sureness of relationship in uh, 1 John chapter 2, and we'll read down to verse 3 to verse 17. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that says, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected, Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment, which ye had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth, loveth his brother abides in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not what where he goes, because that darkness has blinded his eyes. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. 
and the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abides forever. The assurance of a relationship. The world passes away, the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abides forever. We have an, a relationship with Jesus, and just as we saw the, the assurance of forgiveness there in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, we see the assurance of relationship here. We uh, Jesus has promised to never leave us or forsake us and we have that relationship because he said so he he extended his love towards us he commended his love towards us and while we were yet sinners Christ died for us so we have that assurance doesn't matter what the devil throws at you doesn't matter what he says you have that assurance the assurance of the forgiveness, assurance of a relationship. Now we're going to look at the assurance of truth. And we're going to continue in chapter 2 and read verses 18 through 29. Little children, it is the last time, and as ye have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out, that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. That means they left them. They don't associate with them anymore. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist, that denies the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father. Let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he hath promised us, even eternal life. That's the promise. He's going to stick to it. Is eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as he has taught you, ye shall abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If ye know that he is righteous, ye know that every one that doeth righteousness is born of him. That is your assurance of truth. Because Jesus said it, it is true. Uh, Jesus said in uh, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. 
There is no salvation through any other person except for Jesus Christ. And he proved that. He proved that in his obedience to the Father. Remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was praying and he had asked the disciples to pray with him. But remember, they were so tired that they couldn't pray. They couldn't even stay awake an hour. He went back and checked on them three times, and they were asleep. But in, in part of, it, of Jesus' prayer, he, he asked, um, if it's possible to take this cup from me. You know, in his flesh, he was stressed because of what he was fixing to do. He was fixing to go to the cross and he was fixing to give his life for us. And he was fi fixing to take the sin of the world. That means the sin of Adam. The sin of all those that were alive at the time of Christ. And then for the sins of us who are alive now. And for the sins of the last people that will be alive on this earth. He took all of the sins at one time. On himself and that stress of knowing that before leading up to that made him bleed drop sweat drops of blood as he was praying he was so stressed out and he said if it would be if it's possible take this cup from me but not my will but your will be done. now that was Jesus praying to God to take this away from him. But he said no not my will. But your will be done. And he went to the cross. He's faithful and just. To cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And all we have to do is call upon the name of the Lord. He did it. And he completed the mission that he had. That mission was. To take the sins of the world. Sacrifice himself. In place of all of the other sacrifices that had ever been carried out in the tabernacle. The veil was torn in the tabernacle at that time. The, the whole earth shook. The rocks were split. And he forgave us of all the sins we had ever done. So we can praise the Lord for that. And we thank the Lord for that. And we have eternal life now. And hopefully you have accepted him as Lord and Savior. And that's it. We have that assurance. All we have to do is call upon the name of the Lord. And we shall be saved. It's that simple. He paid the price. There was no way that we could do it. It was all in him. And in the power of God Almighty. Um. So we've gone through here the assurance of forgiveness, the assurance of relationship, and the assurance of truth. Um, if you would, you know, share this, sh share the gospel with people around you if you haven't already. Share it with your family and your friends. And they, they need to understand, like I mentioned, the our government or mentioned Kamala Harris she's not it's obviously they're they're not government they're just puppets that have been put in place 
Biden is not the president, the real president. Kamala Harris is not the vice president. And it's obvious when they, they, um, Biden mentioned a few months ago that there was going to be food shortages. So that's their plan. And then Kamala Harris said this week that for um, climate change, if we depopulate, and, and she's talking about the United States, and she said if we depopulate, that will help the climate change. So it's obviously they don't care about you, and they want us dead. And that's obvious, and they're saying it out loud. And they did that with the shots, with the clot shots. They, they tricked people uh, with fear. They caused the panic, a pandemic, created fear, and created a fake solution, which 80% um, of the people fell for, and it was a trap. And now we are having to deal with the depopulation of the world. There are about 6,000 people a day dying from the shots. And it's increasing. It's at an increasing rate. Uh, it's important to put our faith and trust in Jesus because we're not promised tomorrow. And the devil, I mean, he's, I mean, the devil's behind all these devious ways. These, the, the fact that he's attacking the image of God. We have been created in his image. The devil wants to destroy that image. And he wants to get, get rid of it. And that's why he's attacking us. And, I mean, that's the point. He doesn't want us to be um, reflecting God in any way. So that's the point. That's why we're being attacked. That's the Antichrist that's mentioned in John. And we can see them. Some of them are obvious and some of them are not. He says they are Antichrist and they're already here. We know they're already here because anyone that is not for Christ is Antichrist. The Antichrist is still to come, but what is happening now, the events that are happening, are leading up to that. But we have to get our relationship right with God. We have to be in the right standing with God before that happens. It'll be too late after it happens. So let's get our hearts right with Him. Let's surrender to Him. And we're going to close out this podcast here with prayer. I thank you for joining. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for the, the podcast. I thank you that we're able to share your word with others. I thank you for the fellowship. I pray that you bless each one that's listening and bless their families and those that haven't accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. They haven't accepted you. I pray that they would accept you before it's too late because we're not promised tomorrow. We see all these sudden deaths. Died suddenly. Died suddenly. Died suddenly. We know it's not. It, it could be us next. We don't know. And we pray that we would, with the life that you've given us, help us to honor and glorify you in everything that we say and everything that we do. And, again, we thank you and praise you for it. We give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name.
Amen.